Chapter forty six of Geographical Reader Europe by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Chapter forty six The Kingdom of Portugal. How our hearts jump as we go to the shipping office near the wharves of Gibraltar and take passage for London. Our long tour is now about over, and we shall soon be crossing the Atlantic for dear old America we have already travelled through every country in europe except the little kingdom of portugal and of this we shall see something while our steamer stops to take on cargo at lisbon and oporto on its way north portugal is like spain in that it is generally mountainous but it has also many rich plains it is almost as large as indiana but it has far less arable land it is noted for its fine fruit its great vineyards and forests of the oak whose bark furnishes the cork of commerce it raises many cattle and sheep and thousands of hogs are fed on the acorns which grow in the woods much wheat corn barley and rye are raised in the valleys although not enough to feed all the people it is a land of flowers and roses bloom all the year round the breezes from the mountains and ocean make it cooler than spain so that in many parts of the country the climate is delightful portugal has several good harbors and as most of its people live near the coast they are a great seafaring nation they early took to trading and in the middle ages their ships sailed to africa to england and to all parts of the mediterranean the portuguese were the first to explore the west coast of africa and bartholomew diaz a portuguese sea captain was the first white man to reach the cape of good hope this was five years before columbus discovered america and ten years later vasco da gama another portuguese made the first voyage around africa to india the most of the eastern coast of south america was discovered by portuguese it was a portuguese explorer ferdinand magellan who in fifteen twenty sailed up the rio de la plata and then after passing through the strait of magellan at the southern extremity of the continent crossed the pacific and discovered the philippine islands where he was killed some of magellan's ships sailed on around the cape of good hope to europe and thus made the first voyage clear around the world at that time the portuguese went everywhere and portugal established colonies in south america india and other places so that today there are more people who speak portuguese outside portugal than in that country itself in south america for example brazil a state more than eighty times as large as portugal is inhabited by almost three times as many people it is but a short voyage from gibraltar to lisbon and we are soon steaming in through the mouth of the tagus river and up to the city which is twelve miles back from the coast the river widens within a short distance from its mouth and it is so broad and deep in front of the city that it forms one of the best harbors of europe it is visited by vessels from all parts of the world we sail through shipping all the way up the river the banks are high and steep and upon them massive buildings painted in the brightest of colors show out through the trees there are castles and churches on the tops of the hills and beyond them are the ragged sintra mountains with their peaks in the sky lisbon and its suburbs border the tagus for more than nine miles the buildings extending for three miles back from the river the city has a population of about four hundred thousand and it looks quite imposing 
as we steam up to the wharves landing we stroll about through the streets some of them are wider than the best avenues of our american cities they are lined with trees and have excellent pavements the buildings are large two and three-story structures of gray stone or of brick covered with stucco and many of them are painted in the most delicate tints of red blue and yellow so that the city looks fresh and gay the people are as gay as their homes they are well dressed and wear clothes of bright colors many of the men have suits of white linen with hats of white straw and the women wear brighter colors than the women of spain the portuguese are somewhat like the spaniards but not so tall or so heavily built their faces are darker and we frequently meet one as dark as a mulatto we now and then see a negro among them for the portuguese were great slave traders in the past they took cargoes of negroes from africa to brazil and some were brought here to portugal how many queer characters there are on the street we meet peddlers going about with boxes and baskets on their heads crying their wares there are men upon horseback and ladies in carriages there are scores of donkeys some ridden by men and others driven along loaded with bags baskets and even with stones we see many priests and nuns for the country is catholic and there are churches and monasteries in all of its towns we pass fountains at every few steps there are more than thirty in lisbon all fed by a great aqueduct which conducts water from the hills eight miles away each fountain is surrounded by men women and children who are filling stone jars and casks and carrying them off on their heads to their homes many of the water carriers are spaniards from the province of galicia who have hired themselves out as servants to the portuguese after our walk we visit the library of lisbon which contains three hundred thousand volumes and then spend some time in the government offices we learn that portugal has a king and a parliament the lower house of which is elected by the people we find that the country is backward in its adoption of modern improvements it has but few railroads and not more than one-third of the people can read and write the chief business is farming although in the north there are many cotton mills which make gay colored calicoes for the african trade later we leave lisbon for a trip through the rich valley of the tagus this river rises in spain and after leaving the mountains flows through plains of great fertility down to the sea dividing portugal into two almost equal parts there are windmills on all sides of us as we ride up the valley we pass bullock carts dragging great loads over the highways and donkeys and mules jogging along with brushwood timber and bags of grain on their backs there are women and men at work in the fields we stop to lunch in an orange grove picking the ripe juicy fruit from the trees and as we near the mountains we pass by many large vineyards we are especially interested in cork trees from whose bark comes the stoppers used in bottles all over the world there are thousands of acres of such trees in portugal and spain some wild and some in cultivated groves the cork tree is an evergreen oak which when full grown is forty or fifty feet high and sometimes as much as five feet in thickness the corks are made from the bark which is so soft that it can be easily cut into shape the bark grows very slowly a tree must be fifteen years old before its bark becomes an inch or so thick and ready for cutting after this if the bark is properly taken off 
the tree will grow a new coat every eight or ten years for more than a century in taking the bark two rings are cut around the tree one just above the ground and one below the main branches between these cuts are made lengthwise just deep enough not to injure the innermost bark and the strips are pried off after stripping the bark is flattened out by heating it over a fire it is scraped and cleaned and hardened by boiling or steaming and then it is ready to be shipped to the markets the bark is used for making bottle stoppers cork legs hat linings the soles of shoes life preservers and many other things the cork of portugal is so valuable that it brings in more than three million dollars a year being next to wine the chief export of the country we find men loading cork on our steamer when we get back to lisbon and as we sail out of the harbor towards the stormy atlantic we rejoice in the fact that we have so much cork on board that if our ship should be wrecked we could not possibly sink we stay only a short time in oporto the great wine city of portugal loading a cargo of sherry and port and then steam on to london here we remain a few days to repack our baggage and complete our list of presents for our dear friends at home and then having finished our long tour of europe take a train for liverpool where one of the fastest of the great ocean greyhounds is waiting to carry us back to new york end of chapter forty six recording by betty b end of geographic reader europe by frank g carpenter